Welcome to Cure Chronic, a place where we have deep conversations and hear amazing stories about chronic disease and more. Here's your host, Becky Gale. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am super excited to announce again a lovely guest coming all the way from New York City. This is Shamitris. Shamitris, why don't you go ahead and tell us your story? Hi, everyone. My name is Shamitris Kirby. Uh, from New York, and I was diagnosed with adenomyosis in 2018, early 2018, and I got this diagnosis about nine years, almost a decade after first going to my OBGYN and telling her, you know, I'm feeling more than just monthly menstrual cramps, like if there's something deeper, something there, I don't know what it is, you know, I can't pinpoint it, but the pain I feel, it doesn't make any sense. So for the first decade, I think I was put on maybe like five or six different uh, birth controls. So like pills, uh, rings, um, shots, just every single year, you know, you go get your checkup, you do what you have to do in the office. And then to provide an update on what I've been feeling, like, no, nothing's changed. It's still hers. And she's like, okay, well, I guess that birth control didn't work. Let's try a new one. So that was the cycle for a good nine years. And it got to a point where I was like, okay, this is like, I'm getting older. I see other women around me who have a, a pretty consistent cycle, but they're not feeling like they're dying every month. Like, what is going on with me? So pushing her, pushing her, she just kind of was like, I, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong. You know, maybe it's just kind of in your head. So this woman told me, you know, I gave, I give off the vibes that I was um, an MDT patient who had their arm cut off and they're just kind of experiencing that pain like years later. This is what she compared me to. She was like, I really think that it's all in your head. Everything seems fine but she wouldn't go as far as to um, like an MRI. I think we did like an internal um, sonogram. She's like, you know, I just see a couple of fibroids and they're the same size as a pea, you know, they're pea size. They, that can't do anything to you. That, that can't explain the, the pain that you're feeling. So in my mind, so if that's not the case and we both know that's not the case, let's figure out what's going on. Obviously it's something more, something deeper. And she didn't want to press it for what reasons I don't know, but she, I left her office with her just saying, you know, it's pretty much all in your head. You're fine. So I took that and went to another doctor. I guess she's um, considered a specialist, but to be honest with you, when it comes to OBGYNs, I'm, I'm not sure what they specialize at. And (laughs) with my experience, I'm like, I don't know what you're good for. This is no disrespect. (laughs) This is just from my bad experience. But Mm -hmm. I went to another person. I explained the history. Um, I told her the things that we've tried, the many countless birth controls. It really was just ridiculous. And um, she said, all right, we need to do an MRI because we have to dig deeper. We have to see what's below Mm -hmm. the surface. You know, she's like, obviously, it's not fibroids. So the internal, um, the sonogram, obviously that's not going to catch what could be happening. So we did an MRI. And before that, you know, she was saying to me, 
I think it might be endometriosis. You know, so many women are popping up with this disease and I'm, I'm highly sure that's what it is. So I also kind of did my own research because when you're dealing with so many doctors who, A, don't really want to help you or telling you things are in your head or, you know, telling you that you look stronger than what you're saying, you know, you kind of have to start taking your own health into your hands, doing your own research and like really digging deep to figure out what's going on. So before the MRI, I figured endometriosis could be an option, but then I also read about adenomyosis, which is pretty similar to endo. Um, it's just everything that happens with endo, which is like outside the body, everything happens inside the uterus with adenomyosis. So mm -hmm. going into this, I'm like, okay, so it could be A or B. God forbid it's, you know, a cancer that could, you know, be fatal or something like that. Like I would just, I kind of got all my options together, kind of also to just mentally prepare myself because you, not that you can't trust your doctor, but you know, I've had experiences where like this doctor, after getting my MRI results, she was very sure that it was endometriosis, but then she read the results in front of me, saw that it said adenomyosis and I watched her Google adenomyosis in front of me to kind of tell me what it was. Luckily for me, I did my research. I knew what it was. I knew that there wasn't necessarily a cure and that really the only hope in not feeling pain was a hysterectomy. So oh I was well aware of all of this stuff, all of these options and like what they are, what my potential future options could be. But it was just disappointing that I keep seeing doctors that A, don't want to go the extra mile to really help you figure out what's wrong with you. I mean, like, mm -hmm. I'm a civilian. I'm going to see a doctor because I'm hoping that you actually went to school, did your due diligence, and you can help me figure out what's going on. But when you run into so many doctors who just let you down, it's disappointing. And it just, this is why I'm kind of like, have bad reviews when it comes to like the OBGYN. And this is, and I know not all doctors are like this. So it's great that you get both perspectives, but I, I just, I had to take things into my own hands. So I sat there and I watched her read Google about what adenomyosis is. And um, she was like, let me kind of just get a plan together for you to figure out next steps, AKA, let me do my research because I don't know what the hell to do for you. God. So with this doctor, um, I did kind of let her take the lead a little bit. She prescribed me um, Devil Provera, which I guess was supposed to kind of put me through like a slow menopause, keep the hormones down or you know something like that. But it was supposed to minimize the inflammation so that the pain mm. would be reduced i guess that was the hope it didn't do anything actually mm. um we tried oralista this is a, a new pill on the market for women who have endometriosis um literally every single side effect that was on the box i experienced i had to stop it and it's, that was weird because i've never i never really get bad side effects to medications but that was the first mm. And I remember going to my doctor telling her, like, I can't, like, the, how I'm feeling outside of the pain, like, what this pill is doing to me. Mm -hmm. 
I can't do it. And she was like, are you sure you just can't, you know, accept that over the pain or something like that? Like trying to convince me to just stay on it. Yeah, I was was pretty stunned, but I told her no. I said, no, I'm not going to compensate my, my mental, my emotional being, you know, for the fifth, like I'm not compromising anything. Everything needs to be aligned, you know? So I stopped taking that. Um, What else? It it got to a point where, oh, um, opiate drugs, pills, I got prescribed opiates many times. Um, And it got to a point where I told my doctor, don't prescribe this to me ever again. Like no one should be taking this. And then it did nothing for the pain. Nothing for the pain. You just Mm -hmm. feel high in the head. Mm-hmm. I don't know why doctors are even still prescribing that, but that was pretty scary. But yes, I think it was after that where I um, started looking into like Chinese medicine, acupuncture. I started doing acupuncture, um, just looking at the holistic side of things because the doctors were just <laughs> letting me down. And, you know, you just kind of get to a point where you know, you might get discouraged, lose, lose some hope. And I didn't want to lose hope altogether because I was in significant pain. Um, I just kind of, you know, went to the holistic side of things. And fortunately with my insurance, I was able to, you know, take an hour, maybe like twice a week, um, get acupuncture right in the, the office that I worked in, you know, kind of talk to the acupuncturist, you know, let her know how I'm feeling. And she was really great because she kept notes of like my mental state, emotional state, you know, how things are going at home with the then boyfriend, how things are going at work with my manager. Like she really kept up with everything because she was like, you, you never know what is really triggering like the pain. Like obviously, you know, you see come with side effects, but you could be doing many things in life that could trigger it and make it worse like Mm -hmm. emotions or like a breakup or you know Mm -hmm. work is stressing you well like these things could heighten all of those symptoms symptoms so she was great i saw her every single week up until covid hit great covid and um i liked the acupuncture it's something that um i want to get back into it the the relief wasn't long lasting, but it gave your body like a, just a, an overall relaxing feeling. The pain did, you know, minimize, it would go away. When you get the needles out and you get back up into going, you know, into your daily life, the pain will eventually slip back. But the acupuncture is um, a really great option for pain relief. Um, I also was supposed to start getting into, um, herbs but we weren't able to because covid hit but it's just looking like uh the holistic route is the best route to go when it comes to um easing the symptoms of adenomyosis i can say that i feel much much better i've my symptoms have really reduced maybe within the last like six months not exactly too sure what it is maybe i because i haven't seen a doctor in a while I've just been trying you know whether I'm drinking teas to keep my hormone levels at a certain 
you know, level or just keep them balanced or if I'm taking a CBD for pain or just, you know, things like that. So that's been my journey so far. That's so crazy. Yeah. yeah. It's just yeah. so frustrating that, you know, here we put so much faith in our doctors and then they just let us down so much. And, you know, it's interesting. I just had a conversation with um, a research doctor, a research scientist, and a lot of the times it's not because the doctor doesn't care or doesn't whatever. It's because they're not given the right information. And, but it doesn't, but my thing is, okay, that's fine. But why would a doctor tell you it's all in your head? Like that happened to me. I was told by my doctor that I was bulimic and he sent me to go see three psychiatrists because I had really severe Crohn's disease. So I get it. It sucks. It, it honestly, like, it's so frustrating because you start believing it after a while. Yeah. It's like hypnosis or it's like yep. mind manipulation. Right. And so yep. we have to kind of step to ourselves and say, no, like, this is how I'm feeling. This is valid. Like you cannot, like the one thing that I say on my podcast all the time is like, there is no person on this planet that can tell you how you are or not feeling how you are or not. Yeah. How you feel, how you're feeling or how yeah. you're not feeling, you know, <laughs> I just worked a really long shift at work and I'm like, okay, I'm tired. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so, you know, if someone's out there, regardless of if it's a doctor or a psychiatrist, your mom doesn't matter. It's like, they do not have the ability to tell you how you're feeling. And so, you know, for us, it's, and so for so many people out there, it's so sad because when you say you're in pain and they say it's in your head, you're like, no, it's not. It's not in my head. It's so frustrating. And I agree with you when it comes to opioids, like I found for me, because I was on and off drugs for a long time, I actually got mildly addicted to them. And so I had to force myself to not take them because of the fact that I would just go back telling them that I was sick when I wasn't yeah. sick to get more. It's terrifying, yeah. but you're yeah. right. They don't, they don't actually take away the pain. They just make it so that you don't really care that it's there right? kind of thing. Yep. And then, but, but I found that it only lasted for about 20 or 30 minutes. And then the pain would start to come back really severely again. So you just take more and more and more and more and more. And it causes yeah. so many more other problems. Like constipation yeah. is unreal on opioids. Like they suck. Yep. <laughs> so that's, that is so awful. Mm -hmm. But I'm awful. happy to hear that you're on CBD oil for pain. I found that that's like for so many people, it's so helpful. Yeah, definitely helpful. I actually just got some hemp oil from a company called Momotaro Apotheca. And um, mm -hmm. that that is great. I put some in my tea and Good. not only does it relax me overall, my mental, my physical, but it does really help with the pain. That was probably the first first hemp oil that I can really say oh. this, this helps. So, and you know, it's awesome. when you find those, those things or whatever method you're using, like whenever you get just an ounce of relief, it's mm -hmm. like the biggest thing. It, it's just like, it's a milestone because, you know, for me, it's, it's been years. You know, I started feeling severe menstrual cramps when I was like 14. Mm -hmm. So it started from the minute I got my first period and it's just slowly progressed as I've gotten older. And, you know, it frustrates me sometimes that I kind of was hypnotized by my doctor. I just kind of believed what she said for nine years. Mm -hmm. Now I'm like, you know, into my thirties and I'm concerned about like fertility and things like that. But 
anytime you can just get anything to help a little bit, like with acupuncture, mm-hmm. I was amazed, you know? And now with this, this hemp oil, it's like, oh, thank God. Because, you know, just doing all the research by yourself for so long, it is yeah. feeling like you're in so much pain for so long, like half your life, it's, uh, I'll take anything at this point. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh my gosh. I, I get it. I totally, totally get it. It's so hard. It's, yeah. you know, and, and then living, when you have a day without pain, you're like, what is this magic? Oh my <laughs> gosh. Girl, I, I had one of those days about two weeks ago. Once. I, <laughs> yeah. Once. Really? I woke up. I felt, I woke up laughing. I, that's, that was so rare. I'm not even a morning person, but I woke up laughing. So I remember smiling and just, not feeling anything physical like I could stand up straight walk around with my back straight I didn't feel the need to want to you know hunch over and hold my mm-hmm. stomach and I wasn't stressed there was no head fog and head fog is a real thing mm-hmm. you know I'm typically the most direct decisive person but when the head fog when that kicks in I, I don't even recognize who I am I'm just like very slow I had to like think extra hard close my eyes to help like get all oh, dramatic yeah. and Mm-hmm. But uh, man, that Wednesday, I will never forget that day. <laughs> Those are rare. Those <laughs> days are very rare. Yeah, it's going in the books. That's it. <laughs> yeah. It sure is. So what do you think was the hardest thing that you've had to go through through all of this? <sighs> the hardest thing... I want to say the pain is the hardest thing, but I think the hardest thing is how it affected the people around me. You know, granted, no one else is really experiencing it, so they're not in pain or anything like that. But, you know, when I got my diagnosis, I was in a very committed relationship and just seeing how my pain hurt my partner so bad because he couldn't do anything or maybe what he was trying wasn't enough. And, you know, there were times where, you know, I couldn't be intimate or I wanted to be left alone because sometimes, you know, there's pain with sex sometimes, depending on like what you're feeling that month that or like how much pain, inflammation, whatever the case may be. Or just sometimes there were days where I just didn't want to get out of bed and move because it just hurt too much, you know? So I think that was the hardest part. And like my mom, you know, she's my only parent. I'm her only child. So we're like best friends. And she has never experienced um, like crazy menstrual cramps. So mm-hmm. my pain since 14, I don't know if she thought maybe I was kind of being dramatic or sometimes, you know, I was milking it, whatever the case may be. But when I got the diagnosis, I think that's when she kind of realized like, wow, so you've been in pain for a real reason ever since you were a teenager. And there's literally nothing that I can do to help you. So I was like, you know, seeing her feel or just seeing in her eyes how like hopeless she feels and, you know, she can't do anything for her baby, things like that. So I think just that alone, just seeing how it can affect the people around you, that is the hardest part of it. Because then also, you know, you don't know everything yet. You, you know bits and pieces. You, mm-hmm. no one really knows anything. So it's just like a, a hopeless situation sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, I understand that for sure. And it's, 
That is such a hard thing, family members. I know, um, funny enough, my, my, uh, it's me and my dad left kind of thing, sort of thing too. And when I, I had a very similar experience with him, like he was kind of a tough love kind of guy. And, um, when I got the diagnosis and I was in the hospital and I was getting this medication and it was so painful and like just the sheer terror and sadness in his eyes, like it's still to this day, like getting kind of teary thinking of it, yeah. <laughs> but like, I get that. That's so hard. And it's, you know, it's not even, you know, after a while, like, I feel like people with chronic disease, like we can live with the pain, like it sucks, but we can live with it. It's just, you know, having family members and friends when we're in excruciating pain and then seeing how helpless they are. And then we're just in more pain. It's just so, like, it's so hard. I was, you know, my ex-boyfriend, he had Crohn's disease too, but when you're in pain, even though the person has Crohn's disease and you guys are the same, you still have that same feeling because you just, you can't do anything to help the person. Right. So it's scary, exactly. you know, because you yeah. just don't know what's going to happen to them. So yeah, yeah that's, that's hard. So on the flip side of that, do you think that anything good's come from getting your disease? Like anything motivational, inspri- inspiring, your blog? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yes, definitely. My, my blog is really just like my own personal journal. I, I was kind of keeping notes with like all the doctors I was seeing, when I was going, you know, what we were discussing, like, you know, things that I was trying, whether they worked or not, you know, I was kind of just keeping track of all of those things. And I was doing it on like, um, like a private cargo collective kind of page. Like it was just for me, but I'm, I'm kind of, I'm a creative. So I wanted to see it formatted in a pretty way, but um, I don't know, someday, I was just like, this shouldn't be private. This should be public because I didn't know what I was getting myself into. You know, I don't, I still don't know what this is. So maybe there's another person, another woman who's dealing with the same thing. Maybe she'll type it in, she'll see my blog and maybe, you know, whatever I tried that worked or didn't work, she can try just to kind of create a community, I guess. Mm -hmm. But also you know, they say that women with adenomyosis, you're usually diagnosed in their later years, like after they've had kids, things like that. Um, Yeah, I was 28 with my diagnosis. That's pretty young. And, um, you know, I, I always wonder, have I never been pregnant because of this disease? Or maybe it was the the circumstances at that time, like um, now that I'm older, I'm getting older, I'm in my 30s now, but I've waited so long to get this diagnosis, I'm questioning like, okay, so I haven't done this yet, is it because of the disease? Like you just, all this questioning, I kind of wanted to just yeah. lay everything out on the table, what I've been experiencing, what I'm doing, so that maybe another young 28 year old, she can kind of pop on it faster than I did or something like that, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I'm glad that first and foremost, I'm very glad that I know what it is I'm dealing with because I've known since the minute I got my period that it was something much deeper. Yeah. Granted, who knows if you could diagnose a 14 year old with endo or with adeno, but I'm just glad that I could put a face to the problem that I've been having this long relationship with, you know what I mean? But then also I'm glad because I kind of found a community of women who, you know, were all different 
ethnicities, we're all different ages. Some are moms, some are, you know, it just kind of helped me find my tribe because it's so hard when you're dealing with like close friends and family, like they're supportive and they want to be there for you, but no one really knows like what you're dealing with or what you're really feeling. Yep. Unless they also have the same situation. So the blog, the IG, they were great. And they're solely for just awareness. You know what I mean? Hoping that I can help someone else, but finding that community, I think that's been like the greatest gift when it comes to this. It also, you just, you, when I got on IG, I stopped feeling like I was alone because for so long, you know, I couldn't talk to my boyfriend about it. I couldn't talk to my mother, my aunt, like no one just really knew it. All you (laughs) people would say, how are you feeling? Are you okay today? And you know, you say what you say and they kind of give you the same response like okay well you know i'm here if you (laughs) no one really knows what to say or what to do yeah so when you find my community when you find your tribe it's just kind of um all the worry and all the isolation kind of went away yeah definitely well and it's so nice to be able to say to somebody like i wake up oh my god feels like my ovaries are razor blades right now and they're like yeah i get that and they get it (laughs) They get it. It's like, yeah, thank you, finally. <laughs> and that's so it's so that validating. It's unreal. <laughs> You're just like someone gets it, and that's that is the point because not even your doctors get it, you know. So when you're able to just find that community of people who actually get it, like I've been having crazy hot flashes lately. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. And that happens for like a short period of time, maybe like once every couple of months where I just, my whole body just heats up. Like I, I think my whole body gets like a fever. It might even go to like 101 and it'll oh. stay like that for maybe like three to five minutes. And then I get chills, I get super cold. So then I'm under a blanket or I, I have to like put sweats on. Like, and it's been awful but I kind of posted something to my IG like does anyone else experience this because this is crazy I I I was filming the video with a cardigan on and I had one leg under my blanket and I had one out with no sock like it's you know things like this that I'm able to go to IG and, and ask like who else is experiencing this and what are you trying so I can get some help and it's like a quick, you know, immediate answer. Everyone is just so happy yeah. to give advice. And yes. it's just really cool to not feel alone anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's so nice to feel so validated because you were so invalidated for such a long time by your yeah. doctors, you know? Yeah. Like, you can post it online and there's multiple people that want to help you when you've had so many years of people that don't want to help you sort of thing. Like, yeah. It's, night and day difference it's crazy oh yeah for sure definitely yeah well we're just about at the time here but could you give our listeners a little bit more advice for their struggles oh my god um you have to be your own advocate don't ever ever give up on what you're feeling what you're thinking whether it's mental emotional physical don't let any doctor tell you that you're wrong you know whatever you're feeling, you're feeling it for a reason. Listen to your body. Listen to your body. You know, I wish I was strong enough when I was in my teenage years to push for more. But, you know, I kind of got swept up in what the doctors were saying. You know, at that time, I thought the doctors 
they knew everything they have your best interests at heart and not to say that they don't but granted you got to remember you're one out of how many patients they can't just focus on you so you have to focus on you and you have to find the right doctor who will be a team player who is really going to listen to you help you if if you go and say i want an mri because there's something deeper find the doctor who will give it to you who's gonna who's gonna pass that up that's money in their pocket you know what i mean so it's like 100 <laughs> percent. be your own advocate never give up on your health I can, couldn't agree more. Oh my goodness. I wish that we could just tell that to all of the people on the planet when they're like 12. Oh my God. Could you imagine? Could yeah. you imagine how different everybody would be? <laughs> yes, absolutely. I, I always say to people, like, I wish they would have taught me like better health in high school or like, you know, finances or credit, like, you know, things that we actually need in real life. Health, they need, that's something that they should really, um, start teaching seriously in school because people there's many people who just don't go to the doctors because they don't think that they need to or and they might have a cancer that they don't stage know for yeah. stage four you know it's there are way too many of those stories and there's such a stigma around health for both men and women and that needs to stop so your health is everything you've got us, <laughs> yeah <laughs> Duh, yeah. nope <laughs> I, I couldn't agree more with that like I think that our school system is so backwards and that's a whole other that's a whole thing yeah. for hours about that exactly but, I mean, we all have our own opinions about that but yeah it's just so sad that it's not until your mid-20s late 20s early 30s mid 30s that you start realizing like oh like I know I need to know how to budget so I can buy a house I need to know my finances and my taxes like nobody does taxes exactly. in school nobody knows exactly. nobody teaches you like okay fine we have home ec or something like that but nobody teaches you how to properly raise a child exactly like, yep. it's crazy oh my yep. gosh Anyways, I agree on the topic. <laughs> All right. Well, Demetrius, <laughs> um, before we go, how can our listeners get in touch with you? Oh, man. Uh, my blog, mypeachfuzz.com. Please check that out. Um, I tried many different things. You know, what might not work for me could work for you. But, you know, please check that out if you're curious. Also, there's an IG page, my Peach Fuzz, uh blog at my peach fuzz blog uh follow me there for any facts tips testimonies i'm doing just documenting my life with the demomyosis awesome well thank you so much and we will make sure that all your contact details are in the podcast description as well so okay. yeah i just want to thank you so much again Shimitris, for being a part of this um amazing journey with me so hopefully we can help at least one person out there with this and that's all that matters. Thank you so much for even having me. I, I get so passionate about this. So I love that I'm able to, you know, get this on your platform. And like you said, if we can reach at least one person, that's all that matters. Thank you so much. Absolutely. All right, ladies and gentlemen, our lovely listeners, that's all for this episode. And Shamitris and I are off like a herd of turtles.